Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You sat me down on the bed and you put your hand on my shoulder and you said, you're not stuck. You can figure something else out. In that moment, I believed you. I didn't know what that meant. What it meant that I wasn't stuck and how I would get out of it. But I believed you because I could feel that you were telling me the truth. And I believed that there was something more for me that I could be doing. Welcome to the Healing Her podcast. This is your grief expert and friend, Ashley Lemieux. Welcome back to the Healing Her podcast. We have everyone's favorite guest back with us today. Welcome, Mike. Did we get that on on the video? You got that? Yeah. Okay, cool. We're, we're rolling right now. You are everyone's favorite guest. Every time we have you on, everyone's like, can you do more episodes with Mike? I didn't know that. I know, and I hate telling you because no, I feel like your still ego's going to... My ego are, are is we in check. check? Absolutely. This is going to be a good one, though, because we're going to talk about something we haven't really ever talked about before. And it's almost, I don't, I'm not going to say it's taboo, but a lot of people are afraid or don't talk about this stuff. Yeah, we're going to talk about money. And specifically, we're going to talk about how do you make changes in your life when money is tight? Because here's what happens, at least in our life. When you feel like you don't have a cushion for air... It can feel really scary to know how to move forward. So then this cycle keeps happening where you're in this routine of just going through the motions, going to the job that maybe you don't love or doing things that don't light you on fire, but it's paying the bills. But then it's like, how do I shift from this to actually pursuing something that is lighting me up? But I think that you're one of the most perfect people to have this conversation with because I know that you've had your own financial journey. And so I kind of want to go back to years ago of you growing up and what your relationship with money was like, because I think that will help lay the foundation from where we've been together, just building what we've built, what we've had to work through and where we are now. I think my earliest memories of what money means and what it can get you comes from when we as a family and there's five kids in my family. So the seven of us would go to a fast food restaurant and it was the day that we were all able to order three items instead of two plus a drink that I, I realized, oh, something shifted, something happened. We're, we're making more money, something was going on. And before that, it was just like, okay, everybody get two items and, and then we're good. So that was kind of like one of the earlier memories that I had of it. And then I realized later on that, you know, not everybody has that same funny story that I did and that my, my siblings did. And it's something that we can joke about now because now, like if all of us went out, we would all get however much we wanted. But at the time it was, it was interesting. So I, I realized that and then I would go with other friends 
to dinner occasionally and there wasn't really that rule. So that was kind of like the first time that I ever uh, realized about money in my personal uh, situation. And I remember there was a time in elementary school, there's a lot to this story, so I'm gonna try to unpack it as well and quickly as possible to keep it relevant. But some friends would say, hey, didn't you wear that shirt yesterday? And I did. But one year for new, new clothes shopping, all we were able to uh, afford was a pack of white shirts. And that's what I wanted to get because that way nobody could tell if I actually did wear the shirt yesterday. So there was a, a period of one to two school years where I was pretty much wearing a white t-shirt every day. It's like a Hanes, you know, pack of shirts. And so then the joke became, didn't you wear that shirt yesterday? Instead of them knowing that I did or didn't. And then they're, you know, and it wasn't, they were trying to be mean. I'm still actually friends with those, with those guys, believe it or not. But there were other situations too. And I just remember like the day I turned 16, I got a job so that I could be able to afford to, to have car insurance, to get a, a phone when I turned 18. But there was, there was, I don't know if I would call it a stigma with money, but I definitely f didn't feel like money was easy to get. I felt like I had to work very hard to get it. So I did, uh, I played volleyball in high school. I went to class and did my homework occasionally in high school as well. And um, occasionally I did your homework. I graduated. You graduated by the skin of your teeth. I did I graduate. Thank no, you. I think you got into college by the skin thank of your you, teeth. Thank you, Steve Benz, <laughs> for all the help that you gave me. If you're listening to this, I appreciate you so much. But I worked really hard from the day I turned 16, I had a job. And that was it. So made it through college, was given one job offer after interviewing for about seven months for different jobs as I was finishing up school. Okay, well, hold on. I think we need to pause. Okay. Because now in the midst of you being in college, we get married. We get married while we're juniors in college. Yeah, so we're trying to pay for our and college we're both education. Working, we're both working. We're both getting Pell Grants. We're both, you know, trying to to finish school so that we can both make money. You had just started your blog. And we had scraped up enough for a down payment. I think the down payment at that time, well, to tell you about the condo, we bought a $48,000 condo. It was $52,000 condo. And we got, and we got it for, and we paid 3% down on an FHA loan. So that's we, like a thousand or 1500 bucks. So we scraped together wedding gift money to be able to afford the 1500 down down payment for yep. the, the condo, condo condo was cockroach infested it was a mess but you constantly asked me why we didn't rent instead of buying and i said just trust me he's this like is, just trust me it ended up being it. the best decision ever but it was cheaper for us to pay our mortgage after the down payment than it would have been to rent so we're like we're gonna just we're just gonna live here while we need to yeah and figure out next steps. So we graduate college. You I get, get a job. A job offer. You're starting to make some money. We're able to move, but I got this one job offer. So I took it and it actually paid more money than I had ever made before. And it was more money than any of the other jobs that I applied for. So I was feeling really good. We got a car. We moved to a, a different house. And he says we got a car because actually what had happened at that time is my car got stolen and stripped of everything. And then his car had completely broken down. It was a car that his brother had given him. It, was, when he it was sounded in like high a school. helicopter when I turned it on. And we didn't have money to fix them. Yeah. We didn't have money. I re One of my funniest memories, now it's funny, is <laughs> the car that I had. 
the AC didn't work and the windows wouldn't roll up. So I'd be driving around to Arizona. I'd be 120 degrees outside, beat red with the window rolled down. It felt like just 20 blow dryers on my face without the AC. That was the car that got stolen, remember? And that was the car that got stolen. And at first I was like, take it. I never want to see this thing again. I hope (laughs) this doesn't come back for 30 days so insurance covers it. And then they found it. And they freaking found it. Stripped. Like a week before. And so then we just had this stripped car that was even worse than it was before it got stolen. It was. (laughs) That's a good time. It was pretty good. (laughs) So got the job, was super motivated to progress in that role. It was a lot on me physically. Well, let's talk was, about how often you were working. So he was an assistant manager at a grocery store. Yeah. And I was, it was a minimum 50 hours a week that you were scheduled. That didn't include commuting. That didn't include having to stay late or come in early or even coming in on a day off here or there. And it was very physical. Like I was very involved with moving all the product around and building merchandising destinations and, you know, making the store look good. So there was a point in time where I'd run myself down so much that I, it would take me like five minutes before I could stand up straight after getting out of the car because my, my sciatica was so bad. I remember. And your feet would hurt so bad. My feet were hurting so bad. And you were making money. And at that time it was more than we had made, but it yeah. wasn't enough to buy new shoes. Right. It like wasn't, it enough wasn't to a like high really, salary. No, it was it was enough to exist on and I was, pay. I was our still bills. eating like for my meal while I was taking a shift, like a cup of soup and a loaf of French bread that I would I would actually eat like the whole thing. It was pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> the whole loaf of French bread. But yeah, like that was it. So then the circumstances of our family life changed dramatically where we multiplied and doubled the size of our family overnight. Yeah, we took guardianship of our two kiddos. And, and then the bank account, instead of slowly ramping up, it was slowly drastically started going to go down. down and, and we realized like, either you're going to have to start making more money or I'm going to start ha- having to make more money right now. It was scary because also that wasn't something we had planned for. Right. And now it wasn't just us needing to feed and take care of ourselves, but we now had these two kiddos who we were taking care of. And I remember in that moment feeling so afraid of the next steps, but I also was like, how we are living right now, this can't be our choice moving forward. So we're going to have to get really clear on some decisions that create a different path because things have changed. And I remember one day you came home and you were really upset because you wanted to be promoted to manager. And I think at that time, one of our goals was, okay, well, if Mike gets promoted to manager, get a raise. he'll get a little bit of a raise maybe that will help. And so you talked to your boss about it and she was like, she laughed and she was like, no, people in this company, you don't get promoted until you're at least here for a a decade. And it's a grind. You're not even in consideration until that point. And I remember you came home and you were so defeated and you kept saying, I just feel like there's something more for me. I can't be in this dead end situation. And in that moment, I think both of us realized that we had to figure something else out. What's interesting, though, is that I did feel that way, but I also grew up and lived the way we were still living at that time. I didn't have this, and many, many of us don't have this 
this entrepreneurial set of parents that can say, here's how you can make a thousand dollars in a day. Or even an extra thousand dollars a month or an even extra, extra a month. $500. Right. It was, we do our jobs, we come home and that was it. Right. So I didn't necessarily know what to do or how I could do it. You know, I'm looking back on this right now and I'm like, that was the hardest part about the whole thing is that I didn't see the example of what was actually possible for me. There was no social media. Well, there was social media actually, but there wasn't the social media culture that there is now that has opened us to the realm of possibilities of what there is for us of how we can scale things and and how we can bring in more income. So Instagram was actually two years old at the time. This is 2012. And you had the Shine Project. You were making the jewelry. And so I thought, oh, I wonder if I can start sending jewelry to these people that have followers and maybe they'll post about it and maybe it'll grow sales and I'll become your marketing manager, which I've always tried to do. He thought that maybe if he could help grow the Shine Project bigger than- Then I could leave. Then he could leave Or at least make more money. Yeah, but the thing about my company is that we were full on startup. I was barely making anything because everything was going back into the company. And so looking back, I'm like, I love that we we thought that we were going to create a full-time job for you when I wasn't even making anything. But we were really open to see what was possible because we didn't want to feel stuck in our situation anymore. No, and I did that for a year. Yes. On the side. With no extra money and some, coming and in sometimes, from that. And sometimes in the back room of the grocery store as I was walking from one end <laughs> to the other. We were trying, We man. were trying, but, you know, and it turned into something else. Let's just, we'll skip, we'll skip a, a couple of bigger p- parts that aren't as relevant for this money conversation, but it turned into an opportunity that changed my life and our lives. But I think this is really important because Mike was actually offered to be the first employee at a social media startup company. Yeah. And in doing that though, I had to leave corporation life where even though he didn't love it and we weren't making the money we needed, we knew it was stable. It was stable. You had retirement. We had health insurance. The kids then had health insurance. Like it was enough to get by, but we were really stressed. And so I have learned over the years that often it's easier to stay in a stressful environment that you can expect. It's almost like our bodies are, well, at least I know what stress to expect. I know what pain to expect, but the unexpected, even if it's better or even if you can visualize that it's going to be better, you don't know for certain and that can feel so scary. And so I remember you were offered the job and we were laying in bed one night, just looking at each other, like, are we going to do this? And I remember feeling the weight of this decision and saying to you, I feel like this moment is going to change our life in either direction. Either it's going to change it in a way where we're going to move forward how we want, or this is going to be one of the worst decisions we've ever made and we're going to regret it. And it's hard to know for certain, but we were really clear on knowing that how we were going wasn't going to get us where we wanted to be. And so something had to change. Yeah. And so it did. So if you have the choice between continuing in the stress that you are, we'll call it comfortable with, like you talked about, versus 
attempting to go a different direction in a different type of stress, right? That was the choice that I had at the moment. I had to figure out and decide, and we really had to decide together, like, what are we going to do? Is this something that we actually think that I can do? And I wasn't ever really the type of person that was proactive about, you know, knowing I want to go this direction. I want to be a doctor. Like I changed my major six times in two years because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I had to, for the first time, make the the decision on my own that this is what I'm going to do and this is how it's going to be. And I choose to go this direction. So it turned out to be the best thing that I could have done. It led me to a path where, you know, as the first employee, the company ended up selling in less than two years to Disney. I worked for Disney for two years. I learned so much about influencer marketing, managing a team. We exceeded all of our revenue goals, we crushed them. And it was the best thing that, that could have happened to me financially. It, it was so much better than where I was. What were you going to say? Well, I'm just thinking about, because I think this is the first time I've really thought about it in this timeline, but the fact that you went from assistant grocery store manager, we were just in so much stress financially to helping build a company in two years that sold to Disney is absolutely wild. It's wild. And that never would have happened if you hadn't had the clarity that you needed to shift course and then the courage to shift that course. I also Do you want to know how I got that clarity? How? You. It was you because I I didn't know I didn't know what to do. My family was struggling financially. I never saw a shift. I had to create it. You sat me down when I came home. You didn't say this, but I came home feeling defeated after my manager said, LOL, no, you're not going to just be promoted. Be promoted. It's, it's going to take years. And I was like, I'm, I'm screwed. You sat me down on the bed and you put your hand on my shoulder and you said, you're not stuck. You can figure something else out. In that moment, I believed you. I didn't know what that meant, what it meant that I wasn't stuck and how I would get out of it. But I believed you because I could feel that you were telling me the truth and it spoke to me on the inside. And I believed that there was something more for me that I could be doing. That's what you have the power of doing. I think, especially on social media now, there's a lot of messaging out there where where people are told or we hear, if you just were to work harder, then you can make more money or you wouldn't be poor. You wouldn't be financially where you're at. And I always think about that and how wrong that feels to me because most of the hardest working people I know also are the ones who struggle the most financially. Sure. And creating a life that feels abundant and that makes you feel fulfilled has nothing to do with working harder, nothing to do with working harder than you already are. I think so many people are missing opportunities of one, experiencing it growing up, not having this relationship with money or a path for themselves that they even know what is possible. How are you supposed to 
go somewhere that you've never been before, that you've never seen modeled for you. And I think that creates a huge gap for so many reasons. And I, I think watching you through our time together has been you discovering that there can be a different path that doesn't have to feel so frustrating and like you're just banging your head against the brick all the time and that you can feel fulfillment in other ways, but you hadn't seen that modeled ever. And so then you were like, how do I create this for myself? And that feels scary to do. But that's what our relationship, I think, has been <laughs> like together scary. in the past 14 years. Scary, scary to do. We've had some scary, real, some real scary things happen. But we've always made the decision to keep moving forward down a path that feels good even when life was hard. You, we're supposed to change, I think. And so in order to continue to move down a path that feels hard, you just have to trust me, right? Like if you're listening to this, you just have to trust me that like, this is what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed it's, to it's stay. Changed. Yeah. You're not supposed to stay in that same stress that's comfortable and that you're, you're familiar with. Well, it's not sustainable. And it's not sustainable because you as a person are changing all the time. And it's okay. And that's supposed to be that way. But I also think that we put so much pressure on ourselves to make the right next decision. Well, if I were to leave this job or to get this job or to make this change, what if it's wrong? What if I make the wrong decision and then things get worse? And I always think to myself, then we make the next right decision after that. We're never actually stuck. There are choices that we can make and change a million times. We have pivoted our life so many times from where we've lived to the amount of kids we thought we were going to have, to what we our do. companies, to how we spend our time, to, I mean, just this year out of the blue, my sister had to move to North Carolina. And now we're spending time in a place that we had never been before. But when you can have clarity on what it is that you're wanting in your life, it can make taking that decision, even though it's new and maybe scary, it gives you support to make it when you have this blueprint of clarity. And that's always what we've based our yeah. decisions on. And I think the first step in finding clarity for yourself is knowing what's possible for you. Mm -hmm. And knowing what's possible for you doesn't necessarily mean what you see or what you believe, but what is truthfully and actually possible for you. And that's when I felt that for the first time. I didn't know what I was going to do next when you sat me down on our bed and put your hand on my shoulder. Which is so interesting thinking about it because I feel like if people were to see you on social media right now, you see this successful guy, this marketing agency with these clients who just, okay, well, maybe he's just smarter than me or he just always knew how to do this or he just figured it out or whatever that thing is. But that wasn't your path, your path has gone through so many pivots and moments where you have been like, I have absolutely no idea how I'm going to provide for my family. Yeah. And that is a really uncomfortable feeling to have. Yeah. And it sucks. Can we talk about when we walked into this house for the first time? Sure. 
So in 2020, we had just moved back from Nashville to try to plant roots back here in Phoenix. And we wanted a house that we could be in longer term. And longer term means longer than three years, which <laughs> no, is no, like two years. We've two moved half, every two years, years yeah. since we've been married and we've been married for 14 exactly. years. So do we have a moving itch coming up? Because this no, is the longest we've lived anywhere. I do not. <laughs> Anyways, have any itches. this house popped up and it felt perfect. We would drive outside the front and sit in front of it for 15, 20 minutes at a time and just staring at it like, does this feel like our house? Like it feels like our house, man. How are we going to make this happen? Yeah. But then you kind of hit a wall with things. We were inside one day looking and walking through and I had this severe feeling of inadequacy just engulf me and I started crying and crying is good. Let me just say, we love I have, a good, we love a I good have cry. cried here on this episode. I don't cry every single day. There's nothing wrong with crying at all, but that is one of the ways that I release the emotion that I'm feeling because I have big emotions, but I started to, you know, tear up and, and it's, it got really big and heavy because this home, it costs the same as, as the houses that I said I was, I'm going to live in a house like that when I'm, when I'm big when i'm older and we were finally at the opportunity and the point where we could and this massive slap in the face of imposter syndrome just clocked me and i was like whoa i remember you told me you didn't feel deserving of i it. didn't feel deserving yeah and i was like even now i'm like where did that come from and i still don't even really know or understand well it's from just, old stories old patterns old old relationships that you saw repeated over and over, it, it gets really hard to break those. And I, I yeah. think about as we have this conversation of, well, how do I make changes? How do I make pivots? Understanding that it's going to feel uncomfortable, I think is so important because often we associate those feelings with, oh, I must have made the wrong decision or this shouldn't be what I'm doing. But that's a part of this path as we learn as we are viewing the world and our decisions and ourselves in a new way, it freaking sucks at first. It is so hard. And even those emotions can come up, you know, years, years from now, but it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. Our bodies and our emotions are always trying to protect us. Yeah. Oh, is this safe? Oh, are we okay? Are we okay yeah. to dream, to believe, to, what if, to what be here? What if you here? stop making money? What if you lose it all? What if... That's what was going through my mind. What if yeah. you can't sustain this? And so I had a choice. We either continue living in the little house that we were at while we were looking for this one, or we which just- Which we could have done. Which we could have done, and we could still be there, or we just, we just believe in ourselves. Even if we don't have the clearest picture and an idea of exactly what's gonna happen, if you believe that you can, that's the first thing. So then you just take one step and then another and then another. And eventually, as you're going, the success and the progress comes with you. There is no destination that you land on where you are successful and you've made it because you're always changing. Well, and something that I do for my clarity is I don't set goals on actions. I don't set goals on 
things that I've accumulated and done, yeah. we set our goals on feelings. How do I want mm. to feel? Because you could be sitting in your dream home. You could be sitting in your dream job. But if you don't feel good, for me, that's not what success is. Yeah. There have been moments in our lives where we've had the things we thought we wanted and have felt absolutely terrible. And so then we realize, man, we need to pull back, rein things in and figure out where we really want to go because this doesn't feel good. Yeah. So I always base my next right decision on getting really clear on how do I want to feel in my life and then what actions support that instead of the other way around. Yeah. I think what you're offering right now with your Confident Clarity Live event is no matter where people are in their journey, there are often points and moments where they feel that stickiness, that stuckness. And that is what this is going to help them do to get through that giant obstacle that they can't seem to figure out how to get around through or over. It's going to give them, we'll call it like a, a roadmap of what they actually need to do. And you're going to start helping them get through there. And for whatever reason, you're just really good at doing that. Well, I'm good at doing it because of all of the times we've had to figure out how to do it. And something I love, but I'm so excited you're about. you're really good at helping other people mm. do it too. I'm so excited about Confident Clarity Live because this isn't just something that I'm like, oh, I think this is going to work. I'm just going to throw this together. Yeah. This is the process <laughs> that I have built over the past decade that has taken us from where we were to where we are now that has made a really clear path forward, even in the middle of grief, even in the middle of scary things. And to be able to help other people figure out what is they really actually want and then see that it's tangible and possible, that's life-changing. There's no amount of money I wouldn't have given a decade ago to have had this process right then, but it, I had to, learn it the hard way so that other people <laughs> didn't have to. And I could get really to the core of why is finding clarity so important? And then what do steps forward look like? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Mr. Um, Mike. Oh, you think you're getting serious. Who is this for? Is it for everyone? Is it for a very small group of people? Who should take this live class with you? That's actually a really good question. And I'm actually going to ask, if you're listening, I'm going to ask you a question. If you can say yes to any of these things, then it's for you. Do you feel overwhelmed and exhausted by your life circumstances that feel like they're out of your control? Do you feel scared to make a pivot in your personal life or business, even though you feel like you really, really need to? And, and maybe that you can, but you're still scared. To... But you're still scared. Okay. Do you feel burnt out like you've been running on the same hamster wheel for the past couple of years and you know that there's something more for you to feel, but you literally have no idea how to get there? Do you feel like you want to press a huge red reset button on your whole life, but that doesn't just magically appear and so you don't know how to find that reset that you're searching for? 
I would have loved this. Right? And and are you wanting and needing and having to rebuild your life after a really big life change? Is this specifically That's, related to business, personal it life? It can apply to either. It can apply to both. Yes. Okay. Oh, my baby and my mom just got back in the house. I just heard her uh, come in. And you know what I love so much about this work that we've done personally now professionally is that I can sit here as a mom to this baby who we just went through so much to get here and I can mother her in a way where I'm at peace yeah and I can teach her the things I've learned and I'm not in fight or flight every day and where we are feels good but that didn't come just because she's here it came because of the work that that you did personally. That I personally did. Yeah. And I think that that's one of my, honestly, one of my proudest accomplishments so that she could have a mom who shows up for her and I'm not impacted yeah. in the way I mother her by past things in a negative way. Yeah, and she has an incredible example. Well, thanks. I, I would just want to say one thing okay. to the people who, because one of the most important things I think when you're, getting ready to or contemplating joining program like this or any any program is you've got to make sure that this is the right one for you. Yeah. And so you've done a really good job of explaining if you can say yes to any or all of these or multiple of these four questions. It's for personal, it's for business. I think that those are all very helpful. I I want to give you my vote of confidence that this is a teacher and a person who has walked through this multiple times on her own with me with other people outside of our relationship both professionally and personally she knows what she's talking about and she's amazing at teaching you how to do it there are very few people that can if anyone else in this world that can do what she's doing and i mean Clarity mapping is trademarked anyway, so actually no one else can, can do this because <laughs> it is, it it's is trademarked. trademarked. So, but you, this is a woman who is capable and does what it takes to help get you moving forward so that you're not feeling that stickiness well, anymore. Thanks, Mike. That's nice of you. I Did I say that right? Is that what you wanted me to say? <laughs> yeah, you read the script. I told him he's, he's in trouble if he doesn't say it exactly right. <laughs> I know it's really hard to believe in change. It's yeah. hard. It feels impossible to believe that things can ever feel different than they do right now. Yeah. And so I'm just asking you to trust your gut. Maybe it's the first time in a long time that you have. And just show yourself that you're ready to take the next step forward. And you can join Confident Clarity Live right now in the link in the show notes. And I cannot wait to see you guys on January 25th. It is gonna be so awesome. Virtual live event. First time I'm ever doing it like this. And the screen, the stage I'm on is actually really cool. It's not a webinar format. I'm on a stage yeah. and your faces are gonna be in the background so I can see you so that we can live chat to each other so that we can walk through these roadblocks. It's gonna be freaking awesome. So anyways, go grab your seat. Uh, below, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. You're the best. I feel like we should high five. High five. I feel Even like though you should, can't see I that like on the podcast. Kiss. Oh, you want to kiss? Well, I want to high five. All right. Well, 
You're, Did this just get awkward? You, you got awkward. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the podcast team is here. Now I'm also very awkward. They know. Anyways, they, they know. Guys, thanks so much for joining us on another week of the Healing Her podcast. And until I see you again next week, take good care of yourself. I'm so honored you joined us for this episode of the Healing Her podcast, where healing isn't just a destination, it's an empowering, transformative adventure. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss brand new episodes each Tuesday. And if you're ready for more tangible tools, make sure you grab my best-selling book, I Am Here, wherever books are sold, or in the link in the show notes below. Take good care of yourself until I see you again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.